Section seven of an American Idol. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Mary Schneider. An American Idol: The Life of Carlton H. Parker by Cornelia Stratton Parker. Chapter seven. The next two weeks were filled with vicissitudes. The idea was for Carl to settle the little family in some rural bit of Germany, while he did research work in the industrial section of Essen and thereabouts, coming home weekends. We stopped off first at Bonn. Carl spent several days searching up and down the Rhine and through the Moselle country for a place that would do, which meant a place we could afford that was fit and suitable for the babies. There was nothing. The report always was, pensions all expensive, and automobiles touring by at a mile a minute where the children would be playing. On a wild impulse we moved up to Clive on the Dutch border. After Carl went in search of a pension it started to drizzle. The boys, baggage, and I found the only nearby place of shelter in a stonecutter's enclosure filled with new and ornate tombstones what was my impecunious horror when i heard a small crash and discovered that jim had dislocated a loose figure of christ unconsciously cubist in execution from the top of a tombstone eight marks charges the cost of sixteen heidelberg sprees on his return Carl reported two pensions one quarantine for diphtheria one for scarlet fever we slept over a beer hall with such a racket going on all night as never was and the next morning took the first train out this time for dusseldorf it is a trifle momentous travelling with two babies round a country you know nothing about and can find no one to enlighten you at dusseldorf carl searched through the town and suburbs for a spot to settle us in getting more and more depressed at the thought of leaving us anywhere that Freeburg summer had seared us both deep, and each of us dreaded another separation more than either let the other know. And then one night, after another fruitless search, Carl came home and informed me that the whole scheme was off. Instead of doing his research work, we would all go to Munich, and he would take an unexpected semester there, working with Brentano. What rejoicings! Oh, what rejoicings! As Carl remarked, it may be that he travels fastest who travels alone but speed was not the only thing he was after so the next day babies bundles baggage and parents went down the rhine almost through heidelberg to munich with such joy and contentment in our hearts as we could not describe all those days of unhappy searchings carl had been through must have sunk deep for in his last days of fever he would tell me of a form of delirium in which he searched again with a heart of lead for a place to leave the babies and me i remember our first night in munich we arrived about supper time hunted up a cheap hotel as usual near the station fed the babies and started to prepare for their retirement this process in hotels was always effected by taking out two bureau drawers and making a bed of each while we were busy over this the boys were busy over well just busy this time they both crawled up into a large clothes press that stood in our room when crash bang there lay the clothes press front down on the floor boys inside it such a commotion hollerings and squallings from the internals of the clothes press agitated scurryings from all directions of the hotel keeper his wife waiters and chambermaids altogether we managed to stand the clothes press once more against the wall and to extricate two sobered young ones 
the only damage being two close-pressed doors banged off their hinges munich is second in my heart to heidelberg Karl worked hardest of all there hardly ever going out nights but we never got over the feeling that our being there together was a sort of gift we had made ourselves and we were ever grateful and then Karl did so remarkably well in the university a report for instance which he read before brentano's seminar was published by the university our relations with brentano always stood out as one of the high memories of germany after Karl's report in brentano's class that lovable idol of the german students called him to his desk and had a long talk which ended by his asking us both to tea at his house the following day the excitement of our pension over that we were looked upon as the anointed of the lord we were really a bit overawed ourselves we discussed neckties and brushed and cleaned and smelled considerably of gasoline as we strutted forth too proud to tell because we were to have tea with brentano i can see the street their house was on their front door i can feel again the little catch in our breaths as we rang the bell then the charming warmth and color of that italian home the charming warmth and hospitality of that white-haired professor and his gracious kindly wife there were just ourselves there and what a momentous time it was to the little parkers Carl was simply radiating joy and in the way he always had when especially pleased would give a sudden beam from ear to ear and a wink at me when no one else was looking not long after that we were invited for dinner and again for tea this time according to orders bringing the sons they both fell into an italian fountain in the rear garden as soon as we went in for refreshments by my desk now is hanging a photograph we have prized as one of our great treasures below it is written mr and mrs parker zunfreundlichen ehrenring luigio bentano professor bonn another of karl's professors at the university and his wife were kindness itself to us then there was peter dear old peter the austrian student at our pension who took us everywhere brought us gifts and adored the babies until he almost spoiled them from munich we went direct to england vicissitudes again in finding a cheap and fit place that would do for children to settle in after ever hopeful wanderings we finally stumbled upon swanage in dorset that was a love of a place on the english channel where we had two rooms with amoebers in our funny little brick house the netto simple folk they were mr meber a retired sailor the wife rather worn with constant rumors one daughter a dressmaker the other working in the knitting shop charges six dollars a week for the family which included cooking and serving of meals we bought the food ourselves here karl prepared for his phd examination and worked on his thesis until it got to the point where he needed the british museum then he took a room and worked during the week in london coming down to us weekends he wrote eager letters for the time had come when he longed to get the preparatory work and examination behind him and begin teaching we had an instructorship at the university of california waiting for us and teaching was to begin in january in one letter he wrote i now feel like landing on my exam like a bulgarian i am that fierce to lay it out we felt more than ever in those days of work piling up behind us that we owned the world as karl wrote in another letter we'll stick this out this being the separation of this last trip to london whence he was to start for heidelberg in his examination without another visit with us for Gott sei dank 
the time isn't so fearful fearful long it isn't really is it gee i'm glad i married you and i want more babies and more you and then the whole gang together for about ninety-two years but life is so fine to us and we are getting so much love and big things out of life november first carl left london for heidelberg he was to take his examination there december fifth so the month of november was a full one for him he stayed with the dear kecks mother keck pressing and mending his clothes hovering over him as if he were her own son he wrote once to-day we had a small leg of venison which i sneaked in last night every time i note that i burn three-quarters of a lampful of oil a day among the other things i cost them it makes me feel like buying out a whole conditory i lived for those daily letters telling of his progress once he wrote just saw fleiner professor in law and he was fine but i must get his volkerecht cold it is fine reading and is mighty good and interesting every word and also stuff which a man ought to know this is the last man to see from now on it is only to study and i am tickled i do really like to study a few days later he wrote it is just plain sit and absorb these days some day i will explain how tough it is to learn an entire law subject in five days in a strange tongue and then on the night of december fifth came the telegram of success to frau dr parker we knew he would pass but neither of us was prepared for the verdict of summa cum laude the highest accomplishment possible i went up and down the main street of little swanage announcing the tidings right and left the community all knew that carl was in germany to take some kind of an examination though it all seemed rather unexplainable yet they rejoiced with me the butcher the baker the candlestick maker without having the least idea what they were rejoicing about mrs meber tore up and down osborne road to have the fun of telling the immediate neighbors all of whom were utterly at a loss to know what it meant the truth being that mrs meber herself was in that same state but she had somehow caught my excitement and anything to tell was scarce in swanage so the little family that fared forth from oakland california that february first for one year at harvard had ended thus almost four years later a phd summa cum laude from heidelberg not persia as we had planned it nine years before a deeper finer life than anything we had dreamed we asked professor miller after we got back to california why in the world he had said just one year in europe if i had said more i was afraid it would scare you altogether out of ever starting and i knew if you once got over there and were made of the right stuff you'd stay on for a phd on december twelfth carl was to deliver one of a series of lectures in munich for handelsschachel his subject being die einwanderungs und siedelungspolitik in america carlton parker provodocent california universitat san francisco the very day however the prince regent died and everything was called off we had our glory and got our pay carl was so tired from his examination that he did not object to foregoing the delivery of a german address before an audience of four hundred it was read two weeks later by one of the professors on december fifteenth we had our reunion and celebration of it all 
Carl took the America second class at Hamburg, the boys and I at Southampton, ushered thither from Swanage, and put aboard the steamer by our faithful Uncle Keck, son of the folk with whom Carl had stayed in Heidelberg, who came all the way from London for that purpose. It was not such a brash hair doctor that we found, after all. The channel had begun to tell on him, as it were, and while it was plain that he loved us, it was also plain that he did not love the water. So we gave him six days off, and he lay anguish-eyed in a steamer chair, while I covered fifty-seven miles a day, tearing after two sons who were far more filled with wanderlust than they had been three years before. When our dad did feel chipper again, he felt very chipper, and our last four days were perfect. We landed in New York on Christmas Eve in a snowstorm, paid the crushing sum of $1.75 duty. Such a jovial agent as inspected our belongings I never beheld. He must already have had just the Christmas present he most wanted, whatever it was. When he heard that we had been in Heidelberg, he and several other officials began a lusty rendering of Old Heidelberg, and within an hour we were speeding toward California, a case of certified milk added to our already innumerable articles of luggage. Christmas dinner we ate on the train. How those American dining car prices floored us after three years of all we could eat for 35 cents. End of chapter 7